This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. Pistown. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. And we here in D.C. are dealing with the curse that befalls every team every city that wins a sports championship. The question of, will the team go to the White House or not? And today we learned that the Nationals did indeed go to the White House. Here was Mr. National, Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, Mr. President, me and my teammates, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having us here. This is uh, is an incredible honor that I think all of us will will never forget and I uh, would also like to thank you for keeping everyone here safe in our country. Um, and continuing to make America the greatest country to live in the world. Shut the fuck up, Ryan. Stick to sports, bro. <laughs> Stick to hitting a fucking baseball with a wooden bat and also catching a baseball. To be fair, Sean Doolittle, a local DSA member here in D.C., did not go to the White House. King. Or I should say... Do we know if anybody else didn't go to the White House? Did we look? I think it, I think it was only Doolittle. Hmm. Did Juan Soto go? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not sure. Well, I he, hope he didn't go, but I'm guessing he did. You know who definitely went is Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. He got a big old hug from Trump, too. Yeah. Awkward ass hug from behind. Grabbing his nipples and uh Suzuki, totally normal. Suzuki was wearing a MAGA hat and uh another dipshit. We should stick to sports. I don't know. Maybe if at, at least Zimmerman is more of like a face of the franchise. If you're Kurt Suzuki, maybe just stand in the background a little bit and don't wear a MAGA hat. Yeah. Hey, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel, five bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus content we put out, including last week's interview with journalist Ken Klippenstein about how the military has been given the uh, authorization to use deadly force at the border. Break down what all that means. Just go to patreon.com slash District Sentinel, sign up right now, help support our news co-op. You also Get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. We're going to read some poetry a little later on today's show. It's Monday, November 4th, 2019. Here's the news. A civil liberties guy has challenged his traffic stop all the way to the Supreme Court. Oral arguments on the case were held today. King. Charles Glover had been charged in Kansas for driving with a revoked license. That was thrown out by the state Supreme Court, however, in Kansas, after the charging officer was dumb enough to admit that he only stopped Glover on an assumption that Glover would be the driver because he had also registered the car. Under the Fourth Amendment, cops are supposed to get reasonable suspicion of unlawful activity before stopping somebody. Usually they just lie. Deputy Mark Merer was too stupid, I guess. Dumbest cop in the world. The outcome of this case has implications far beyond helping people get out of traffic violations on technicalities, as Glover's lawyers and civil liberties advocates noted in filings. Cops are increasingly using automated license plate readers. 
The Electronic Privacy Information Center said that if lawyers for the state of Kansas get their way, quote, there will be far more stops of vehicle operators who have, in fact, committed no crime, and these stops are more likely to occur in disadvantaged communities and communities of color where the sharing of vehicles among friends and relatives is a common practice, end of quote. I'm sorry to say this is probably an outcome that the Roberts Court wants. We'll see what they say in a few months when they issue a ruling on this case. Moving on, won't somebody think of the coal plants? Well, Trump's EPA is. On Monday, the environmental agency announced the rolling back of regulations on coal power plants. The 2015 rules pertain to the storage of coal ash, a highly toxic substance created as a byproduct in coal plants that often contaminates the soil and groundwater. The rules required companies to invest in waste treatment technology and to better monitor coal ash ponds to prevent leakage into the soil. The rule came about after a dam holding back a coal ash pond broke in Tennessee, unleashing a billion gallons of toxic waste into the city of Kingston. First responders and people who had to clean it up have since come down with various cancers and illnesses. Well, now that rule is the latest environmental regulation to be scrapped by the Trump administration. Under the rollback, companies will now be allowed to keep coal ash stored in ponds for longer and actually create larger coal ash ponds. They would also be allowed to make small discharges of the toxic substance. Former EPA official Betsy Sutherland, who wrote the rule in 2015, said of the rollback, quote, it will put drinking water of millions of Americans at risk. End quote. The courts had already started chipping away at the regulation even before the EPA killed it off. The EPA was ordered to revisit the rule in 2017 after the coal industry complained about the regulatory costs of it. According to the Wall Street Journal, the industry claimed the regulation would have led to the closing of dozens of coal ash dumps and cost the industry $23 billion to $35 billion over 20 years, which, in my opinion, would have been really cool. Now, without the rule, the coal industry will save $175 million in compliance costs. Finally, a win for the little guys here. More legal troubles for President Trump. Federal appellate judges today declined to stop a subpoena of his accounting firm. The Second Circuit denied the president's request to block the order from a Manhattan grand jury to the company Mazars LLC. The accounting firm is allegedly at the heart of illegal campaign spending to cover up Trump's affair with Stormy Daniels. Lawyers for the president had argued he enjoys temporary absolute immunity as president. The appellate circuit denied this, saying, quote, any presidential immunity from state criminal process does not extend to investigative steps like the grand jury subpoena at issue here, end of quote. In other not unrelated news, House Intel Committee Chair Adam Schiff said today that four White House officials are defying subpoenas in the impeachment inquiry. Schiff said this will add to potential obstruction of Congress charges and ongoing impeachment proceedings. Speaker Pelosi might not whip votes for those charges, however, considering she ruled out articles on open self-dealing and child concentration camps. Then again, she probably thinks obstructing Congress is way worse than both of those things. Hey, speaking of Stormy Daniels, I was watching some horse racing the other day. I wasn't really watching it. It just came on after the soccer. And there was a horse named Stormy Liberal. 
and a horse named Kofefi. How, how did Kofefi? I would have bet everything I had on Kofefi. I think Kofefi actually won a race. Oh, shit. Like when I turned it on, they were discussing how Kofefi had won the race prior, and then they showed a picture of Kofefi. Maybe we should. Uh... I tweeted about it. Check out my Twitter at Sam Sachs. You can see the picture of the racehorse, Kofefi. Maybe we should put our December Patreon money on Kofefi. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Finally today, the long process to formally withdraw the United States from the Paris Climate Accord officially begins today. Although the White House said back in 2017 it intends to pull out of the pact, the rules of the agreement stipulated that there must be a notification period before the formal process can begin. Well, we've now reached that formal process. The point person on withdrawal is now U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Kelly Kraft. And wouldn't you know it, Miss Kraft is awash in conflicts of interest herself. In fact, last week, a trio of Democrats anticipating the formal withdrawal process on the horizon wrote to Kraft calling on her to recuse herself from any decision on the Paris Climate Accord. Senators Jeff Merkley, Sheldon Whitehouse, and Ed Markey noted that Kraft has $63 million invested in coal, oil, and natural gas. Also, Kraft is married to Joe Kraft, who happens to be the CEO of Alliance Resource Partners, one of the largest coal companies in the country. Assuming the White House does begin the formal process of leaving the Paris Accord, it would mean the U.S. could be officially out of the agreement one year from today, which would be the day after the 2020 election. That could be awkward timing should a Democrat win, considering the Democrats have pledged to get the U.S. back into the Paris Accords. Wonder, wonder what that process would be if one day after a Democrat's elected, we formally remove ourselves from the Paris Accords and are trying to get back in. I'm guessing they'd let us back in pretty easily. All right. That'll do it for the newscast today. As promised, we have some poetry to read for our new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Sorry, I was just watching a video of uh, Pete Buttigieg supporters doing a choreographed dance. I saw that too. And it made <laughs> I saw that too. It made me really it, mad. It was extremely cringe. It was something I would have expected Ian Sams to be doing with the Kamala Harris campaign. But I'm not surprised at all to see the Pete Buttigieg campaign engage in similar cringe-worthy activities. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about this later this week. But I, some of these numbers I'm seeing, some of these poll numbers I'm seeing about Buttigieg really depress me. Luckily, he's really not doing good anywhere else except Iowa, where he's devoting all of his resources to be in like fourth place. Yeah, that's true, and he seems to only appeal to very rich, uh, extremely white people. Yeah. Anyway, this is for CW. A Zippo lighter, the fedora of lighters, not explaining this. <laughs> I think I get it, actually. Makes sense. Thank you, CW. For the record, I did have a Zippo at one point, so <laughs> self-owned there. Need me to light your cigarette, milady? <laughs> All right, next up we go to... This one's for Salty Marshmallow. Nats at the White House, World Series champions, now full-on milkshake ducks. Thank you, Salty Marshmallow. Finally, this is for Connor. Masses in the streets, 
10,000 angry guys named DSA Connor. <laughs> Make it 10,001. Thank you, Connor. Thank you to all the new subscribers. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. I see the listener rant line is blinking. Let's hear some messages. Hey, Sam. It's Mailman Paul again. Hey, uh, congrats on the Nationals winning. And uh, I just wanted to let you know some other good news. I'm, I'm looking at a big pickle jar I keep uh, to store all my change in. This pickle jar is labeled Henry Kissinger is Dead Drinking Fund. <laughs> and this pickle jar is starting to get all the way full, my friends. It is very close to getting full, which I don't know. Might mean, might mean something's on its way. I'm hoping it'll be great. Anyway, thought I'd give you the good news. Pickle jar, Henry Kissinger's dead drinking fund, almost all the way full. <laughs> I I have a a very sad feeling that uh, our friend Paul here is gonna. They're gonna write an article about him in 15 years. How did you save up so much money? <laughs> well, I started throwing all my quarters in jars, waiting for Henry Kissinger to die, and he's still alive. Yeah, I don't know how to break it to Man Man Paul that there's probably not a direct correlation between the fullness <laughs> of his pickle jar and Henry Kissinger's health. Good but, luck, though. I you know appreciate the vibes. There's yeah. very good vibes, good energy. Yeah, he's coming sending from good that. energy out into the universe to make this happen. Appreciate the call, Mailman Paul. All right, one last call to get to. Hey, Sentinel Gang, it's Slater. Uh, happy Halloween. Boo. Uh, <laughs> pandemonium started. Um, we're uh, a day or two in. There's still time to vote in group one. There will be eight groups in total. Um, get over to add awful pundits, start voting. Um, there's been, you know, a little technical issue. I think Jack's trying to hide the tweets, but I found a workaround. You can still access every voting, uh, poll from the thread in the pin tweet for, uh, add awful pundits. And, uh, congratulations to the Nationals on winning a World Series. I, I think, um, they, they might have earned this one by chanting lock him up, lock him up at the, the last home game. Uh, Slater out, please. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Slater. Check out the Awful Pundits tournament. Get involved. Slater, always welcome to call him to the show. I will always play Slater's messages on the show, even if he and I are beefing on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I like Slater. I do. And I encourage everybody to follow what at White Sox Slater on Twitter. I just can't do it sometimes because Slater is often a conduit to some of the worst fucking people on that website. <laughs> <laughs> I think he understands that. <laughs> All right. Let's end the show right there. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for listening. Again, subscribe on patreon.com slash district sentinel to help our little news co-op out. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. We'll be back tomorrow. We're here in DC, so you don't have to be.